G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, if you've been around church for a while, you can get to a point where somehow or other you can lose sight of just how confusing some concepts are in our own faith. Like supposing you were just turning up to church for the first time and somebody tells you, here's a book, read this and you'll find out all about Christianity. And so you open the book and you discover that there is a description of God, but in different ways. Let's talk today about the issue of God as Trinity, because you'll remember that in the Old Testament, The children of Israel were taught the Lord your God is one God. So when we talk about Jesus and the Holy Spirit and we say Jesus and the Holy Spirit are God, it can be confusing. Bill Muhlenberg's been writing about the Trinity and he's got an article entitled The Trinity for Dummies. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Now, it's interesting that you entitle an article like this, The Trinity for Dummies, because if you've been around for a while, you think you know about the Trinity, but there are some complexities about the Trinity that somehow or other escape our usual thinking on this subject of how we describe God. Uh, what have you focused on, Bill? Yes, well, as I actually say uh, straight away in my article, uh, my title was a bit misleading, uh, you know. Uh, you could have the greatest mind in the world, and we still are, you know, trying to come to grips with the biblical teaching on the Trinity. So, well, how could it be otherwise? We're dealing with the most complex and amazing and incredible topic there is, namely God himself. So uh, this is something that we've thought and wrestled with 2,000 years, and we still need to do it. But... It really is at the heart of our Christian faith, of course, some of the things that make for Orthodox Christianity as opposed to the cults or the heretics is a belief in one God in three persons, a belief that Jesus is uh, fully God as well as fully man. Both are certainly tough things to comprehend, but uh, they really are at the, the heart of our Christian faith, and yet I keep finding whenever I talk about these things, uh, just how many Christians today either don't have a clue about them or, well, even had some claiming to be Christians flat out denying them. So uh, we really have to often go back to basics, go back to Christianity 101 and say, okay, what do we believe about God? What do we make of this idea of the Trinity? And uh, how did it come about? So uh, important questions worth uh, looking at. I imagine that if we were looking historically, Bill, that we might look at the way the formation of the Trinity came, not as man trying to create God in man's image, in our own understanding, but somehow rather grappling with the Bible, with those writings that are considered to be inspired by God, and drawing from that what God shows himself to be. How have you described it? Mm. 
Well, it's, you're quite right. It's not just uh, some inventions of men. It's really uh, godly men and women trying to uh, think about what God has revealed to us. Um, so in both the, uh, well, the Bible itself, certainly the New Testament, as well as doctrines like the Trinity, we say they were not so much created by men as perhaps uh, discovered or, uh, you know, uh, the, oh, the data was there. It was a question of simply laying it out. So that's true of the New Testament. Uh, obviously, early Christians, mostly Jewish, already had the Hebrew scriptures, but now we had all this new stuff uh, coming along. So they first had to uh, decide what the New Testament canon was, you know, which were actual authoritative books that would be on a par with the Old Testament writings and which were not. So again, the same there, they basically recognized, I think with the help of the Holy Spirit, what were these, well, what came to be 27 New Testament books. And the same with something like the Trinity. They had the data of the Old Testament. They had now these new things, the Gospels and Epistles by Paul, and so on. And as you say, they had to make sense of it all. Now we have all this stuff about Jesus. Uh, We have all this stuff about the Holy Spirit. Uh, both seem to be treated like God, seem to be seen as eternal persons who are worthy of worship, who can do things only God can do. Um, so they had to make sense of that biblical material, and they came up with, well, we certainly can't have three gods. That much is clear. So how do we make sense of the monotheism uh, found in the Old Testament? Well, they came up with well, again, didn't so much come up with, but they uh, basically uh, had a way to describe what the data was all about. So they used terms like Trinity. Yes, it's not found in the Bible itself, but that's okay. There's all kinds of words we use to try to get a handle on what the biblical data is all about. So uh, very early on, the Christians in the early church said, uh, well, look, we seem to have something new it follows on from the old testament there's one god but it seems now with the progressive revelation this one god has revealed himself uh in three persons and uh, so the bible calls these things mysteries basically when the bible talks about a mystery it's saying something once was hidden but now it's revealed and of course many christians can find hints of the trinity in the old testament but it certainly comes to light when we get to the new. I imagine it's important to understand the context of how all this unfolds, Bill, because, as we say from the Old Testament, here, O Israel, the Lord is one. Then one God in the mind is where you understand this uniqueness of one God. But then Jesus arrives on the scene, the incarnation of God, and fully God, fully man, Somehow, rather, you have to add to the understanding of God because God now reveals himself in human flesh. And then when Jesus says to his disciples, go, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, his Spirit, God, walking alongside us and within us, then somehow, rather, contextually, you've got to have a development of understanding how God is as Trinity. Yes, quite right. Um, as we mentioned, even in the Old Testament, we have hints, at least, of uh, 
uh, a plurality within unity. In fact, the very verse you quoted, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4, and even to Jews today, this is known as the Shema, the, one of the core uh, things they actually say more than once every day. It's one of the core beliefs. The Lord your God is one God. And interesting, even there, the Hebrew word for one is a, a word that means really uh, like a collective unity. You could talk about, a, you know, go to the shops and get me a bunch of grapes. Well, you have one bunch, but it contains a number of grapes. And that's actually how the Hebrew word there for one God is functioning. It is one God, but containing within it a pluralism. We, you know, even get that from day one in Genesis, right? Let us make man in our image. What's all that about? Uh, you know, why is there, a, you know, more than one, it seems, being spoken of? So again, that stayed as a mystery until Christ came and the Holy Spirit was given, as you say, and then we start making better sense of the whole thing. Yep, one God, no question about that, but a God who actually exists eternally in three distinct persons, all fully equal God, all fully um, to be worshipped, all fully involved in our salvation process. Um, and that's what the early church did, and uh, I think they were right to do it. Sure, we still think and wrestle and pray through these incredibly complex and amazing doctrines, but uh, we really do believe the early church was led and guided by the Holy Spirit as it tried to nail down some of these basics. There lots of ways that people have tried to describe the Trinity and all sorts of wonderful illustrations, but all of them fall short in yep. some level. Uh, some people talk about the egg with a shell and the egg white and the egg yolk. It's all one egg, but three parts to it. That's inadequate, I know, but uh, this mm -hmm. idea of steam and water and ice yeah. Uh, that's inadequate too. In fact, some of these illustrations have even been considered to be heretical over the years because somehow or other, when you think of one God, three persons, you have to be able to imagine and understand that the one God as three persons is truly all of that, all one together, not somehow or other separate. Hmm. Yeah, well, you're, again, quite right. 2,000 years of this, we've uh, looked at various illustrations, analogies, and as you say, none are perfect. Uh, you know, we're dealing with something really quite unique, namely the eternal, everlasting God who, uh, you know, to whom can we compare God? So we try, we come up with analogies. Some are better than others. None are perfect. Uh, for example, the water in three states, you know, ice or steam or liquid. Well, that, you know, it, you know it's, it's somewhat helpful, but misleading because, it, well, you, water can only be one of the three states at any given time. It can't be all three simultaneously. So uh, that is unlike the triune God who is simultaneously God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So it's not the ideal analogy uh you know we have to help ourselves obviously we're finite fallen fallible human beings uh left to our own devices we wouldn't have a clue about god but the good news is of course he has revealed himself to us he's given us now not just the hebrew scriptures but the new testament 
So taken together, we can learn, well, as much as God wants us to know about who he is and what he's like, and that includes this belief that somehow we have one God in three persons. Bill, your latest article called The Trinity for Dummies uh, really is just one short article, and yet Mm. uh, people through history have written volumes uh, on the Trinity and trying to understand God and his person, uh, the way that he has revealed himself. Uh, It really is just an icebreaker, isn't it? It's something to inspire us into a deeper uh, understanding, a little bit more reflection about the Trinity. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, As you rightly say, we've had 2,000 years. We've got entire libraries obviously filled with books about the nature of God, the Trinity, Uh, the person of Christ with his two natures. I mean, these are, as we say, the core beliefs of the Christian faith and uh, been debated and discussed for 2,000 years. I'm standing right in front of my bookcase as we speak. I'm looking at, you know, three-foot-wide shelves full of books, uh, dozens, really, of these shelves on God, on the Trinity, on Christ, Christology, uh, and even those just scratch the surface, you could say, but... um, as I said at the beginning, a lot of Christians really don't know uh, about these basics, and they don't seem to care, but they're going to really be floundering and, well, get into trouble as well. If you hear a knock on the door, right, and you got a couple of guys standing there, it could be uh, Jehovah's Witnesses who deny the deity of Christ, who deny the Trinity, or it could be Muslims who have a radically false understanding of what Christians believe about these things. Well, are most Christians today able to answer them, to give a good reason for what the Bible talks about, or, you know, are they going to fall prey to the cults, the Muslims, and so on? So all of us owe it to ourselves to really uh, get some basic understanding, and articles like this are a step in the direction. There's, you know, a lot of good books we can get as well. We need to teach ourselves. Uh, Paul said, study to show yourself approved. We all have to study and learn more. Sure, hopefully you're getting some stuff in the pulpit, but sometimes churches aren't even doing much by way of solid Bible teaching and maybe more entertainment and all the rest. So every Christian has an obligation to really become informed on what they believe and why. Well, I'll point people to this article, The Trinity for Dummies, a great read. It's at com, or simply Google Culture Watch. Bill, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us again today on 2020. Always a joy. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.